Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative. My name is Lauren LaGrasso, and I am your host. This show is to help you make creativity the filter for your life, claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, put it in the trunk, maybe the back seat, and step more fully into the essence of who you are and claim your right to have a dream and take up space. And today, I want to do a quick creative check-in that is all about staying present. This isn't the first time I've talked about it, but it might be the first time I've talked about me successfully staying present. Spoiler alert, I did that. This past weekend was my birthday, and I had a wonderful weekend. And one super fun thing I did was go with my mom and dad and my best friend, Johnny, who you've heard on the show before, Great Cake Baker. By the way, if you haven't already checked it out, check out the cake that he made me. The cake is a replica of E.T., which is my favorite movie and my favorite extraterrestrial. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. But there's something in me that I really have wanted to change. And (laughs) that is that I have a really hard time staying present. I tend to live in the future, not in the past as much. But I spin and I mean, that's my anxiety. I think a lot about what if, what if, what if, or what will I do when, what will I do when? And it's extremely unhelpful in having a fun or peaceful or happy or present moment. And oftentimes when I would do something really awesome, I would immediately be thinking about what it was going to be like when it ended, what I would have to do after the awesome thing, instead of how awesome the thing is, therefore losing out on the entire experience. And this pattern of mine ranged from everything from I would get a meal and think, oh my God, this meal looks so amazing. I'm so nervous about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to feel when it's over. Instead of slowly enjoying every bite of food. And The same was true with doing something awesome like going to Disneyland. I would get there and instead of experiencing every little moment and like enjoying a ride I go on from the start to the finish, as soon as I would get on the ride, I would think about when it would end. And as soon as I entered the park, I'd think, you know, about all the things that I would have to deal with versus just enjoying the wonder of a place like Disneyland, which I think I've talked about in the podcast. I've definitely spoken about in my public speaking. Disneyland for any creative, Disney in general, like Lander World, whatever one you can get to, is one of the best places for us to go because it just proves the power of an idea and what can happen when you really believe in an idea and allow it to manifest in full force. I mean, the fact that all that came from one man's mind, and I know now it's like many different people's minds, but... It wouldn't have started if this one guy hadn't believed that his cartoon mouse character was awesome. Just keep that in mind next time you're about to go put something out. But anyway, I was really proud of myself, and maybe it's because I'm getting older and wiser, but this past time when I went there, I hadn't been there in about six years, I had a blast, and it was really because... I didn't think about the fact that I hadn't finished the podcast yet. And I didn't think about the fact that, oh my God, the day was going to end. And oh, the lines might be long. I actually found a way to stay present. And you know what? If you do struggle with anxiety like I do, it requires constant vigilance. No, see, I think the thing that we freak out about and don't realize is we think that staying present means everything's easy. It's not easy to stay present. 
it's as active as anxiety, but the end result is so much better. The end result is you enjoy your life, whereas the end result of anxiety is you feel like shit all the time. So when you get the opportunity to do something great, whether it's go to Disneyland or have a beautiful meal or spend time with a friend that you don't get to see very often, instead of thinking about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when it ends? What am I going to do when it ends? Or what will I do after this? Or all the different things that the mind can conceive of. Our minds are incredibly creative, especially when it comes to our anxiety. Next time, instead of giving that energy to something that drags you down and takes you out of the moment and sucks out your creativity and sucks out your life force energy, put that energy toward presence and enjoyment and taking in the moment and seeing the person you're sitting across from and being grateful for the food you've been served and just being in the middle of writing something or painting something or picking up your kids from school, whatever it is. It's so easy for us to be strung out. I mean, there's so many things going on in the world right now. But the most important thing we can ever do is really commit our energy to the present moment and what we can do to be solidly rooted in that and enjoy what's in front of us and make what's in front of us as good as we possibly can. That's one of my intentions for this new year of life. And one thing I'd like to presently do is tell you about the guests today. There are actually two guests, and they are my first ever fitness creatives. One is named Mimi Benz. She's best known for founding Sweat Cycle, which is the original heated cycling studio. The other is an interior designer, business owner, and one of Sweat Cycle's most coveted teachers, Latasha Lavelle. Neither have had a straight or easy creative path. Mimi endured a turbulent childhood and found fitness to be her therapy. Through this, she turned pain into purpose and created Sweat Cycle with her husband after having her first child. She self-funded and marketed only through word of mouth. At the time she created it, there had never been a heated spinning class. She's a true innovator and was just featured in Forbes, by the way. When Latasha discovered Sweat Cycle, she went into the studio just looking for a way to get healthy. What she ended up finding was a new meaning in her life. She is now one of the studio's most beloved teachers. Her experience doing something creative as a hobby helped her to redefine her purpose and even reframe her other creative endeavor of interior design. Once again, proof that when it comes to creativity, one hand washes the other. Being a multi-hyphenate is a very good thing. I wanted to have these women on the show to talk about what it takes to start and build a business, the difference between a boss and a leader, what makes a positive creative partnership, and the connection between body, mind, and spirit when it comes to creativity. We hit all of the above in addition to how to find and remember your why, keep your word to yourself, and deal with recurring creative crossroads, aka the oh shit moments. Now here they are, Mimi Benz and Latasha Lavelle. So thank you both for being on the show, Latasha and Mimi. I'm so thrilled to be here with you. Just to paint the picture for you, we're surrounded by like many, how many bikes are in here? 46. 46 workout bikes. Spin bikes. Spin, Spin bikes. bikes. Okay, there we go. Getting to schooling <laughs> here on terminology. And it is definitely the most unique setting I've ever had for an interview. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so for both of you, I'm wondering when you trace the lines of your life, 
What was the inciting incident of your creative journey? Like looking back on when you were a little kid, what was the first sign? As a kid, for me, I think children are just naturally creative human beings. They're just naturally wanting to create, explore. The curiosity sort of drives them in their essence. But um, I don't think for me, I mean, I had a pretty hard upbringing. So I didn't really have my light bulb moment until I was a teen fitness became kind of a saving grace. Uh, I turned to it to kind of work through tumultuous times and it really helped me kind of stay clear and focused and it became kind of like a safe haven for me and a release. So I want to say that that my creative spark initiated when I was in my teens when it came to like fitness and where I am today. So being that you did have a tumultuous upbringing, it's not always easy to have a dream in those situations because you're discouraged from it. And, you know, I always want to give advice to people who came from a situation like that because it's hard to pursue your dream no matter what. But when you didn't have that as a foundation growing up, it's a million times harder. Mm -hmm. What would be your advice to someone like you who had that tumultuous upbringing on how to overcome it and start to believe in themselves? That's that's a tough one. I think if anything, when you're in situations like that, they feel very noisy. So finding that still quiet space internally where you can really talk to that inner voice or feel connected to who you are as a person and what really drives you as a person is crucial because that really roots who you are. And then from there, you can really go after anything. So for me, it was just it started off as something that just kept me going, but also transformed into something way more meaningful to me because I recognized that I could help other people in really deep and meaningful ways by doing this. And there's a lot of people out there just like me who are struggling or going through things and their lives are very noisy. And even for just an hour of of their day, if I could just get them to a place of stillness and silence internally, uh, and just focus on some something simple as just breathing for 55 minutes, that's incredibly profound and transformative. So I think in a lot of ways, just recognizing that what helped me could help others, and in turn, throughout this whole process in this business, seeing how this has helped other people actually helps me. Mm-hmm. It helps me keep going. So your advice would be to take your suffering and turn it into purpose. Find a way to take what you've gone through and then turn it around and make it into a way to serve others. A hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. And then Latasha, tell me about your inciting incident. It actually started in grade school in, in third grade, I would say second, third grade. I've always been attracted to color and beautiful things So I found a lot of refuge in that. So I started in my room and always created really beautiful things in my room. I think I was the first of my friends in grade school to have wallpaper. Oh, yeah. So you created it yourself? I I didn't create it myself, but it was something that I was attracted to and asked my mom, hey, can we have, can I get wallpaper in my room? So that was sort of the beginning of me, I think, tapping into my creative side. And what that did for me, like I said, I I felt like it was very therapeutic. It relaxed me. It made me happy. It brought me joy. So I sort of carried that into my work. So as an interior designer, I create every day for, for clients. And 
what brings me the most joy in doing that is seeing how it makes them feel, creating spaces that make that bring them joy. And then I've sort of transitioned from that into becoming an instructor here, which we sort of do the same thing. So rather than transforming someone's house, their external house, I'm helping them transform their internal home, which is our soul, Aww. our spirit. I love that. And we're yeah. going to get more into your story later because okay. I know that you're kind of reconfiguring your life right now and it's very inspiring yes so Mimi I want to talk to you about how the studio came to be tell me about how the idea for sweat cycle came about and how you knew it was something that you had to do so indoor cycling has been a part of my life since I was 15 I took my first class when I was 15 and I haven't stopped since so it's just been part of my life it's sort of like been in the background of everything I've done from a young age I met my husband at a cycling studio. That's fun. <laughs> right? Wait, so I'm newly single, so I want to know this real quick. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. Yeah. But, like, how did you make the intro? Like, how did you guys start talking? Were you like, oh, cool bike? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, I was actually managing a spin studio, and he was teaching there. Okay. And he was very aggressive in pursuing me. At the time, I had a boyfriend, so I wasn't interested. Oh, shoot. Hey, husband. <laughs> But he was pretty relentless, and the moment I became single, Jason, is his name, was all over it. He just insisted on going out, and the rest is history. So, I mean, a lot of love connections are made in fitness places. Um, That's a good endorsement, because let me tell you something. Those apps are rough. (laughs) (laughs) Much rather meet someone on a bike. There you go. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, we met and got married. And mind you, throughout all of this, I became certified to teach spin myself. Because you originally did Pilates, right? You taught Pilates? That's what your LinkedIn said. Right. So it's actually started (laughs) with a spin certification. Then I got Pilates two years later. Oh, cool. And then Pilates sort of just, it kind of became a thing that I did side by side because I think they're very complementary. But my husband continued to teach spin. And after our first baby... I just looked at him and, and I went, why aren't we opening up our own studio? I mean, there are so many things about the studios that I've run that I didn't like in terms of how the owners ran it, um, how the classes were conducted. Um, let's just do it. And I, you know, very inspired by the birth of my son to leave something, a legacy of some something like that for him to be proud of his mom. And, mm. you know, I kind of grew up with a lot of women that were dependent on the men in their lives and they weren't really, they just... It was very old school. So I just wanted to do something a little bit different. That's where the idea came from. But the heat, that uh, coincidentally, I was taking a cycling class at a gym that I had been taking classes at for a while. And their HVAC broke that day. And it was hot in the room. And my body just really responded to that. So I pitched it to my husband. He thought it was great. But, you know, there was a lot of fear initially because there was nothing like it. And we didn't know if people would think we were nuts. But... Uh, we did it. And we started off with half heated, half non-heated. So we kind of like testing the waters. And by year two, we phased out all the non-heated classes and just went all in. Cool. I have so many questions from that. It's an amazing <laughs> story. First, how did you overcome the initial fear to actually go for it? Because that's what holds so many people back is that they've got this great idea. They've got this yearning in their heart, but they let fear squelch them. And one of the things that I'm trying to do with this podcast is help people take fear out of the driver's seat, put it in the back seat, maybe into the trunk. Right. How do we get fear at least in the back seat? Fear is noise. It just circles back to that noise. It's just a bunch of noise. And unfortunately, a lot of people let too much noise in. 
if you can get to that place where you can get a little quiet and get in touch with what your heart yearns for and what you really want to do with your life and what you're passionate about. I, I think early on I recognized that there had to be people out there like me that liked this too. And I would figure it out and find those people. They would find us and, you know, time would show, you know, if this thing was, had some staying power, you know, this idea of hot spin. <laughs> I love it. And then you work with your husband, right? Or you, you at least started the business with him. So I'm curious about what that experience has been like and whether you'd recommend working with your romantic partner. That's a really good question. I can speak for our personal experience that I, I love that I'm able to spend as much time that I do with my husband. Is it easy? Fuck no. Am I allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. Okay. Fuck um, yes. It's not. <laughs> it's not easy. I think it's important to kind of set boundaries, but, you know, early on. But I'm very blessed to have a very supportive, um, loving husband who has my back. And it's been a fun journey being a married couple and we were newlyweds when we opened up the studio so that'll bond you oh for sure 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. and then I love this other thing you talked about which is that you wanted to do it for your son I don't know about you but I've always had this idea like I need to get everything done and then I can have a baby and I'm so inspired by women like you who had your baby and then did your big thing mm -hmm. because it really can be your reason so what's your advice for other women out there who are moms, who want to be entrepreneurs, who want to pursue art, who have this dream on their heart, but are feeling like maybe they can't because they have a child? How can they spin that to use their baby to be their inspiration and like show them what is possible when you have a dream? I think that you have to let go of being prepared for anything in life. And I think motherhood has taught me that early into having my first child. It's a scary a scary thing to look at this human being and go, holy shit, I'm responsible for this little person for the rest of my life, right? And there's a lot of weight to that. But then also, it's it's not it's not a perfect uh, process. And it's it's messy. Life is messy. Having a kid is messy. Owning a business is messy. And honestly, just fucking go for it. You know, there are no, screw the checklists. You know, if you're clear on what you want to do, just go for it. I think a lot of the struggle is just not figuring out what it is you want to do. But if you know what it is you want to do, what are you waiting for? And then how did you get the funding to start your business originally? So we maxed out all our credit cards. Wow. Um, we took money from our parents. We borrowed money from both sets of parents. Uh, we just put ourselves in tremendous debt to do it. But yeah, we all our savings, everything, all in. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take to turn a profit? It took two years to get in the green again. Yeah. We got very lucky with that space because there weren't a lot of other cycling studios around at the time. And Jason had a very strong following. We had multiple instructors that had been teaching spin for a long time that had followings. And the, the concept was unique um, and very addictive. And speaking of instructors, we've got one of your shining stars right here, Latasha. So when did you come into the mix here and how did you find your way into the studio? I was actually invited by a friend back in April, I think it was March or April of 2015. So it'll be, I'm approaching five years. And so she asked me, hey, I, I want to take you to this hot spin studio. Well, I had never even taken, taken a spin class, wow. let alone a heated spin class. So it was a double whammy for me. So took my first class. I left there feeling like 
what just happened, right? Like, (laughs) what the hell just happened? But at the same time, feeling just this sense of euphoria, almost feeling like I had had an intense cardio workout, but a massage at the same time. And a massage in the sense of just the, the peace that I felt that came over me, and I, it had a little bit to do with the instructor as well, things that she was saying in class. But it was a calming feeling that came over me, but still feeling like, wow, I got this incredible workout. So it was a feeling that I'd never experienced. I was a runner before. So and you never, never experienced that with running? I had never experienced wow. the combination of that simultaneously. So I was hooked after that. So literally, I signed up. I think I did my 30-day unlimited new rider package and just was spinning my life away in a very in the best way possible. So literally I took classes probably 4 to 6 days a week for up until I started training to be, to become an instructor. So I I was addicted. So what it was made you decide to train to become an instructor? Like what was that light bulb moment for you? I tell you I've been probably very very open about this. It literally coming to this community has literally been transformative for me from the inside out. So I, I was struggling to lose my last eight pounds. I picked up 20 pounds. I stopped working out for a year, picked up 20 pounds. I like the way you say that, picked it up. Yeah, picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. You were just holding it for a and while. And I was okay with it. It was one of those That's things That's a great way where... to... No, but like just gained. Like it makes it seem like yeah. it's so your fault. Like picked it up is like, I was just, you know, holding Casual. it for a minute. And you know Casually. what? I say that yeah. because... I was very aware that I was picking up the weight. Mm-hmm. I was very aware that I was busting out of my jeans, right? Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to just relish in this time. I know I can lose it. I, when I'm ready, I'm going to get back in the gym and I'm going to lose it. Well, unbeknownst to me, you know, now that I've gotten a little older, it wasn't so easy just to drop 20 pounds. So I lost 12 of it and could not lose the rest of it. And heated spin allowed me to, to, to lose the weight or to drop the weight. So literally it was transformative, you know, physically dropping the weight as well as it really, it was the beginning of sort of coming into myself in the sense of feeling very confident, more confident than I had ever felt. And I think that came from just how being in the heat and being in this environment is such a challenge and it pushes you. And then once you're, you're pushed beyond what you think you're physically able to do or anything you've done in the past physically, there's, there's a certain confidence that comes with that. So then I just became very, you know, a lot more confident than I'd ever become. I fell in love with the community. This is an amazing community. I mean, I call it the magical place because literally it feels that way. So after experiencing that for so long, I said, you know, I'd really love to give back to the community, just even if it's a small bit of what I've received from the workout, from the community. And I've always loved Mimi and what she's done here. I have so much uh, love and respect for her as a human, as a businesswoman. And I've been so blessed, you know, not only from the workout, but the community. And I just wanted to give back. So it really stemmed from a spirit of service, just just wanting to give back. And you were doing that while you were working a big full-time job. And you have your own business, I have my correct? Own business. Mm-hmm. So how did you a lot of us make excuses like, oh, I don't have time to do my passion because I'm so busy with my work or my business. How did you make the time and basically 
not give yourself the bullshit excuses? How did you stay focused? Honestly, I, and a lot of people asked me, they said, because they know I work long hours, how in the world are you going to do this? And I said, I don't know, but I'm so passionate about it. I know I'm going to figure it out. And uh, just like Mimi said earlier, sometimes you, you don't have a solid plan on how you're going to get something done. You just put one foot in front of the other and you figure it out along the way. And when you're really passionate about something and it's going back to knowing what you want, that's the first step, knowing what you want, and then just figuring it out along the way. And there's not, there's not always a perfect formula, so you just have to, to move forward in, in confidence and grace and, and everything sort of just falls into place. And that's what happened. So I know you two, you obviously are partners from the fact that you're an instructor here and you're the business owner, but I know you're partnering on an even bigger project coming up. But I'm wondering for you, how did you decide to partner together, like, you know, for this bigger project? And what do you think a good partnership looks like? Like, what's the balance there? Um, How this came to be, I think it was serendipitous. I had been thinking about for a long time expanding outside of the hot room in the sense that people have always talked about how transformative it is and how it changes their lives. And, and, and I just wanted to find a way to kind of capture that and help people improve their lives even once they leave. Right. So it's an ongoing thing. And, and, things like hydration hacks, right, beauty and uh, wellness tips. And so this idea has sort of been brewing in my head for a while. And we we talk about being of service constantly. My husband is sober, so we we talk about program and being of service is a big thing in in working your steps. And and Latasha came to me and was like, look, I want to transition. I want to I want to find a way to expand on what I do in the during class. Writers are coming up to me asking me for more. And it just was like, holy shit. Like this the timing couldn't be more perfect. I'm about to roll this out. Let's talk. Let's develop this. And so that's how that kind of came about. And what's the balance of the relationship like? Like how do you know when to give and take? What does that look like in practice? Mimi and I are very fluid in how we work together. I think we complement each other re- really well. It just sort of it it sort of works, right? It works. And I think first and foremost, we have a lot of respect for one another. So Mimi has always allowed me to have my own voice, and that's what she stresses during our training becoming an instructor she's you know always emphasized find your own voice you know be yourself and it's the same approach in what we're doing now she just really wants me to have my own voice and so she allows me to do that you know very 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 graciously that's so beautiful because something I've been thinking about a lot lately is the difference between a boss and a leader and unfortunately there's very few leaders in modern business A lot of bosses, like everywhere you go, can't miss them. But not many people, (laughs) it's true, not many people lead. And and true leadership is seeing somebody's unique qualities and abilities and empowering them to bring that out versus telling them to get small. And I think it's so beautiful that you do that. And I hope that people take notice of what you're doing here because it is huge and it is important. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can I speak speak on that a little bit? 
And one one gift that Mimi has is that she has managed to attract like-minded people, be it the community or be it, you know, our dream team of instructors and, and staff here. We are all working toward the, a, a common goal. So when when you consider my uh, my relationship with Mimi, we have a lot of the same passions. We have the same goal. We both care. We're, we're both compassionate. So when you have, you know, someone on your team that gets it and that feels strongly is in alignment. So I'm very much in alignment with the whole vision and mission behind what Mimi's doing. Right. So it works because we get each other. And I'm 100% on board, and I've always been on board as a writer here and as an instructor here, and now transitioning into this wellness program we're doing. We're just so in sync with each other in terms of what what we're trying to do, you know, with giving back and service. You know, I'm very much uh, in sync with Mimi on what her vision is for 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 the business. So I know both with your interior design business and the work you're doing here, you're trying to really make meaning the filter for everything. And you're trying to re-up your life. And you realize you were going down a certain road and it was reaching a dead end. And so you wanted to expand. And I think a lot of people are in that point in their life where they love what they're doing, but they realize they can't keep doing it the same way they've been doing it. If they don't change, then they're going to lose their initial passion, which they don't want to do. How did you get to the point where you're at now? What are you doing to change? And what's your advice for someone else in the same situation? So I got to this point. I've been doing, I've been an interior designer for 20 years. And I got to a point, probably it started about five years ago, where my soul was no longer being fed in the same way, doing the work. And I try to I try to be as as present as possible. So I was I was aware of what I was I was aware of what I was feeling, and then it you know I kind of put it on the you know put it on the back burner and said oh you know maybe you're just tired you're overwhelmed you need to take a vacation. So then it it was a feeling that never went away, and I got to a point where I said okay I've got to address how I'm feeling because first and foremost I never want my work for my clients to be compromised in any way. But I just wasn't feeling the same joy, the same inspiration that I had in the beginning. And I think what was happening was I wanted to use my talent in a more meaningful way. And not to say that what we do as designers, as residential designers and commercial designers, it's not meaningful. But for me, I had reached a point where I said, okay, it's, it's time to, to elevate what I'm doing, elevate in the sense of saying, okay, how do I elevate this to a new level of service and really reaching out to people who I can help transform their life through design? Because oftentimes we transform spaces as designers, but we're not necessarily transforming lives. And really for me, it became more, and part of this epiphany was, being here at Sweat Cycle and just understanding that real change, real transformation, real joy comes from within. It doesn't come from things, right? So that was sort of a highlight. So I said, okay, how can I marry the two and, and sort of figure this out where I can still, because the, the toughest part was, okay, I've invested 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the the idea of starting over, because for me, it was like, okay, am I going to start over and really focus 100% on 
coaching or, or training. So that was really scared for, scary for me. But what I realized was I'm, I'm actually not starting over because I have 20 years of experience of sort of hand-holding clients through a process to get to a certain place and carrying out a certain vision. So the vision now is more about what is your vision for your life and not so much about what is your vision for your space. I love that. Because something that I talk about here all the time is making creativity the filter for your life. And to me, that's just such a creative approach to interior design. I mean, it could be this thing that's just like, not to say frivolous, but like it could be frivolous and just aesthetic. But you're taking like this deep, soulful approach because your house and your space should be a piece of you that helps you expand on who you are. Absolutely. And I love that you found that here. And that's why I think creativity is so important because Whatever you do in your free time profoundly affects your relationships, your work, your family, everything. And it's so beautiful that what you found here was really like your passion and your purpose. And now you're finding a way to spread that throughout your whole life. Absolutely. And it's been a wonderful experience for me. And I'm so fired up. In every class, I speak on purpose. You know, talk about, I talk to the the class about really figuring out what your purpose is if you haven't figured that out because that's really, you know, it's tapping into the deepest part of who we are because we're all here. I believe we're all here for a calling, for an assignment, and it's up to us to figure out what that is. So oftentimes when we have a particular career and we feel like, okay, well, I've gone to school for this, I've invested in in this, but then you get to a point where you're no longer being fed, spiritually being fed, Oftentimes people just stay in that because they're afraid of making the transition because of maybe money, you know, Mm -hmm. they've gotten to a certain level financially and just the thought of starting over scares people. So I really try to make that a highlight in class is just, you know, figuring out what, what makes your heart sing and figuring out what fills you up every day. And allow that to guide you into what you're ultimately purposed to do. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Do you define purpose as the greater spiritual purpose versus like, I am going to be an interior designer? Like, what is your definition of purpose? Uh, Definitely more on a spiritual level. Because I think that that's what's overwhelming for people is they define their purpose by what they do rather than who they are and how they serve. Because if your purpose is this greater spiritual thing, you can be achieving your purpose while you drink a cup of coffee, while you're talking with someone, you know, while you're with your kids versus like, if I don't achieve this goal, then I have not achieved my purpose. That's why people get debilitated because they think it's that binary, but it's really not. It's kind of expansive. You talked about having a little voice that's telling you something's not right. A lot of people push that voice down and they end up getting sick emotionally, mentally, physically. What's your advice for people on how to listen to that voice? And I'd love to hear both of your opinions on this. That's a good question. I would say to be present, pay attention. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, I speak about my own practice of meditation and journaling because it it allows you to tap into that inner voice. And when you do that, it gets louder and it becomes a little more clear. And then you can allow that voice to basically answer, you know, your questions about, okay, what direction am I supposed to go now? You know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. How about you? Um, I think it's important to create the space or at least commit to creating the space around that because a lot of us tend to keep ourselves busy or do things that are distracting to kind of silence it. And if you can dedicate the space to allow that voice to kind of rise up as scary or uncomfortable as it may be, I think that you have to recognize one, that you are distracting yourself, maybe creating a diversions um, Mm -hmm. to avoid the uncomfortable feeling that you are feeling. But it's in that uncomfortable space that we're able to kind of tap in and make some big changes. So it's just a matter of, look, we all have that natural instinct when there's danger. Like, don't cross the road if there's a car coming, right? But we've been so conditioned by our culture to kind of just, for one, as Americans, just work nonstop, grind you know, don't don't allow yourself the space to kind of reflect or even recover. And it's in those spaces that you're able to really get quiet enough to recognize what is going on inside. So that would be my advice. As an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a wife, like how do you make that time for yourself? Because it can be all consuming. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, to be honest, this week for me has been very much Uh, about that and being very frustrated that I haven't dedicated the time that I need for myself to just keep myself in alignment and have that space. Sometimes you just can't get it. You know what I mean? Because if you've got young children, you've got high demands of running a business. It's not going to look perfect. It's not going to necessarily happen all the time. But I think making it a priority and not getting sucked into the excuses, you know, oh, I didn't have time this week. Oh, well, my my kid is sick this week or, you know, I have this deadline or whatever. It's just making it a priority to take care of yourself and make yourself a priority. You know, it, it can be very um, by default as being a mom. You get sucked into the routine of taking care of other people, not necessarily yourself. So I think making it important it's a struggle. How do you both work on keeping your word to yourself? Because I find that to be the hardest thing in life. Oh, wow. 
I'll let Latasha answer that first. <laughs> I'm marinating that a little Take bit. Take it away. <laughs> I journal. And How, okay, let's talk about this okay. for a second. Everyone's telling me to journal. <laughs> you have to I, journal. I know, journal. but but how do you get yourself to focus? Because I write for like two minutes and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. This is taking too long. I'll just sing it into a voice memo. And then I never listen back to the voice memo, so I can't see my progress. And I only do the voice memo once, and then I don't do anything for another two months. And then someone tells me to journal again, and the whole process starts. So I asked, like, how can I actually start journaling and not become like a manic head case? <laughs> One of the things that we're focusing on in our new wellness series, Becoming Me, which is really about mindful transformation, and that is putting a certain uh, routine or practice in place consecutively for 21 days, because you know what they say, you do something for consistently for 21 days, it becomes a habit. It's, it's habit forming. I would approach it as even if it's 10 minutes, take 10 minutes out of your day. The mornings are the best because I feel like it it sort of sets the tone for your day and gets you ready for your day. 10 minutes of just, you know, writing down what you're grateful for or writing down, okay, this, this is what I'm, I'm set out to do today or this is what I'm set out to do for the week. And then you go back to that the next morning and you're looking at it. You, you, it's sort of like a, a daily reminder of the promises that you make to yourself. Mm. And if you consistently do that, it literally becomes a habit. Like I've been meditating for probably 15 years. And when I don't wake up and do that, obviously some days I have more, some mornings I have more time than others. But if I don't do at least 10, 15 minutes, I can tell throughout the day that, okay, I didn't give myself that time. So I think it's just holding yourself accountable for the promises and the commitments that you make to yourself and then put it in front of you. So it's a reminder on a consistent basis of what you've told yourself you're going to do. Like post-its a list? On, a list. Okay. Post-its on mirrors are great. I don't do post-its on mirrors because I, I like things clean and no clutter. Yes. So post-its You end up on with mirrors. like a million post-its no. on the mirror. <laughs> it's like you can't even see your face anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and it's very, very effective. But yeah. I just, that would make me crazy yeah. to see all those post-its Fair on enough. mirrors. But Interior designer yeah. tip. Yeah. No post-its. No, but really like the, the, the deeper, the deeper purpose is to, to visualize every single day what you're, what you're setting out to do. So um, again, it's about habit forming practices. Right. And the series you're talking about, because when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, is it like a YouTube series? But it's actually like something people can come and do in addition to the rides, right? So can you describe a little bit of what it actually is in practice and how we can get involved? Well, it's Behind the Hot Room, Becoming Me. And every every series will be something different. This is about mindful transformation, focusing on what you want to change or transform, or if you're feeling stuck, how do you how do you move beyond that? We do a regular sweat cycle where we focus on a particular topic in class, and then we expand on that in a coaching session afterwards. I was wondering too, because I know you've talked so much about the benefits of the heat. A lot of people who are pursuing a creative path struggle with mental health. Like I myself have definitely struggled with anxiety, depression at times. What are the mental health benefits of actually doing the heated spinning? Depression is heavily tied to thinking about or if your mind is stuck in the past. And anxiety is very driven by thinking about the future too much. 
if we can simplify things a bit. And I think that we can really feel a sense of peace when we focus on the present. And in a class here, it's really 55 minutes of being present, really tapping into connecting to your breath, focusing on your form, really simplifying things to a degree for a good hour where the trainer really leads you through that session. It's like the heat creates a wall, you know, that people kind of hit. And that can, that wall can look as simple as, okay, a physical wall. My body is getting tired. I don't know if I can do this. Or something more emotional or mental, right? There's things that are going on in that person's lives that maybe they're working on. And and so the, the heat really is a analogy for a lot of those things. And so in that 55 minutes, it's really meant to be spent focusing on the present. And so when we can be present in our lives, we can eliminate a lot of the anxiety and depression because we're just here, right here, right now. The heat is really, it makes you present. I noticed that once, like when I, it was actually a much different situation, but we were driving four wheelers. Mm -hmm. And like when you're doing something extreme, you can't think about the past. You can't think about the future. All you can think about is surviving. Totally. Fight or flight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and that's a great reminder. The heat is, it, it creates stress. You know, the heat really induces stress in the body and the mind, right? So we start to panic. Oh my God, it's so hot. Um, and so what, what we're meant to do here is sort of guide uh, people to get to that space of like, hey, it's going to be okay. All you need to do is take some deep breaths, get centered, be present. And there's a lot of power in that, you know? And so if we're able to kind of remind ourselves and during class that, hey, we're going to be okay. We're going to breathe through this tough stuff and then trust that everything's going to work out. I mean, it can, it, it's very magical. So there's something I like to talk to people about. It's called the creative crossroads. Mm -hmm. And I define it as that like, oh shit moment in so many people's stories where they have two options. Either they like dig deeper and find another way and go even more firmly toward their dream or they give up. I'm wondering if when you created this, when you were in the beginning or even when you're in the middle or now in your journey, was there ever one of those for you? And how did you decide to dig in and keep going? I have to be real. I go through that all the time. This week's been a rough week for me. And I had multiple times this week where I was like, I'm going to sell the business. I'm over it. Because anything that you are passionate about is going to, you're putting 100% in. It's all heart. So everything matters to you and everything affects you. You take everything personally. And it's just, it's all, it can be all consuming because you're putting, it's your passion. There's, I don't believe that anything is meant to just, I don't, work out perfectly. You know, we if you're coasting, then you're probably not doing what you're meant to be doing. If you're going to go after something that is your dream, your passion, there's going to be struggles and challenges because that's just the way it is. You know, the only way we get better and grow and become stronger is by being faced with challenges. And that can be in any shape or size. It, it could be something as simple as, you know, not getting along with a coworker or financial stuff. You know, it's just... As long as the passion is there and you're clear on what you're working towards, there's going to be ups and downs in terms of your emotions. And it's just, that's why I was saying at the beginning, if you are in tune with what that is, all the rest is just noise. You just reconnect to what it is that you initially were going after and accept that there's going to be ups and downs. What's your tactic to reconnect to that when you are in those oh shit moments? Okay. For me, it's yeah. just taking a class here because it's all the noise happens outside this room for me. You know, the 
day in and day out, the the grind of running a business, the behind the scenes crap, all that stuff that's very noisy. All I have to do is step into this room and get on a bike. Yeah. And moving your body is, I mean, I know it's more than just moving your body, but that is a great tip for anybody. You know, sometimes you think the world is crashing in and then you go for a walk and you feel better. And I can only imagine how heightened that is by spinning in a very warm room. (laughs) Yeah. How about you? Have you had those, I'm sure you have in your career and how have you dug in and kept going? To speak further on what Mimi said, it's really about if you're passionate about what you're doing, that's what gets you out of bed. That's what keeps you in the game when things seem to be falling apart, when you have those financial challenges, it's the passion for what you're doing. That's what, that's what carries you. That's what leads you. That's what gets you up every day, the passion. So that's why I, I think we, we emphasize here a lot is figure out what your purpose is. What are you, what are you passionate about? What, what fills you up? What makes your heart sing? Because that's what's going to carry you through the rough times and, and keep you fighting keep, you know, it allows you to keep going. If you don't have the the passion for it, then that's when, that's when people start to give up. So it's about, it's about the passion. And one other thing that I actually learned in this room from Mimi is because during this transition, I've, I'll text her and say, Oh my God, you know, this is happening. Or, you know, the wellness series is about to happen. You know, I'm a little scared. And she simply responds back, remember your why. So when times are getting tough and you start to question yourself, go back to the why, why, why you decided to go a particular direction to begin with. And it allows you to realign and reconnect and say, ah, that's why I'm doing it. Okay. And then you can continue to move forward. I love that. Would you say that's both of your biggest tips on how to take fear out of the driver's seat is getting back to the why? A hundred percent. Always. Knowing your why, like I said, there's so much noise. And once you have your why, it's just you're, you're rooted. What is your why? My why? My why is helping others. Okay. So I, I growing up the, the way that I grew up, I just by default wanted to be the caretaker. I took care of my siblings and I wanted to help, 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 help. So that just sort of led me to this place. But what I discovered is when you're being of service authentically, you genuinely want to help other people, it opens up so many blessings in your own life. It becomes a a window of opportunity and it just draws a lot of positivity to your life. So I'm kind of just in this loop of wanting to help other people and be of service. And this this type of workout is very genuine to me. I came by it. Honestly, I am obsessed with it. I've been obsessed with it for a long time. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I'm literally married to it. Um, so, And I'm enthusiastic and passionate about it, and I love sharing it with other people. So it comes from a very genu- genuine place. So your why is genuine, right? It's authentic to who you are. It represents who you are as a human being. Your life should literally reflect that. Yeah. And it sounds like it's attached to the soul, not to the ego. No. That, you know, when we were talking, you were talking about leaders and bosses. It's ego versus heart. You know, you got to lead from your heart. You can't lead from your ego. It can't be about being powerful or being in charge. It has to be about passion. It has to be about heart and love and caring and, and being compassionate, wanting to be a better person and sharing that with other people. And, you know, like Latasha said, it, you draw people in. 
You know, I, people ask me all the time, how do you recruit? I'm like, they come to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really don't have to do much searching because we kind of planted the seeds. It's grown and it draws people in. Is that the same with the marketing? Was it all word of mouth? How did you manage that in the beginning? hundred uh, percent word of mouth because we didn't have any money for marketing. We never had a solid marketing budget. So it was just word of mouth, people bringing their friends in. And honestly, how are you going to sell that type of class to someone unless it's coming from your best friend, right? And a lot of times people would bring their friends in and not tell them it was heated. And their friends afterwards were like, okay, I get it, you know? Um, So yes, definitely word of mouth. Wow. That's amazing. Did you ever ask people like, tell a friend about us or it was just organic organic that's amazing I wouldn't even like send out like Yelp links you know what I mean I just that's just not my style yeah. I don't sales is not my thing I was always kind of I just kind of built this upon what I felt worked mm-hmm. as a consumer what do I want to feel when I walk into a space how do I want to be treated when I walk into a space how do I want to be pitched you know what I mean so it's got to come from a authentic, genuine place. I just don't feel like doing that comes across as authentic on the other end. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of let it do its thing. That's amazing. It really is. Like that never happens. <laughs> it just goes to show how incredible your product is. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And what's your why? My why is to use my life to create a space that allows people to dig deeper and consider why they're here and what their why is. And there's, you know, many avenues to do that. Being an instructor here at Sweat Cycle is one of them, which is the greatest, one of the greatest gifts of my life. But it's really about allowing people, creating a space and, you know, getting people to really dig deep and consider why they're really here and what their purpose is. Because once you tap into that, that's what real joy feels like. That's unshakable joy. And that unshakable joy to me means that no matter what is going on around me, no matter what chaos, what, no matter what uncertainty is happening, I have unshakable joy and peace because I'm doing what I'm, I'm purposed to do. So I'm going to stand in that no matter what's going on around me. So I think we get there by understanding again, our purpose and why we're here. So, you know, I want to use my life to, to create a space for people to, to figure that out. And then just to speak on your question about how do you get past the fear of moving forward in your life? Oftentimes, because I think, you know, a lot of times we focus on, okay, I got to let go of the fear. I got to, I got to lose the fear. You know, I got to pray the fear away or, or spin the fear out, right? A lot of times we have to move forward with the fear, Mm-hmm. And know that it exists. Because, I just mean take it out of the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. Right. Because it's evolutionary, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think that getting rid of fear is actually doable or even advisable. I just think you don't want it at the head of the table. Right. Yeah. If there's one thing that my dad um, often will text me and say because we're very uh, spiritually connected. So he lives in Florida. Of course, I'm here in L.A. And he knows when I'm going through struggles. Even if I don't express it, he he just knows, he feels it. So he'll send me a text and say, get out of the trunk. Are you in the trunk? Get out of the trunk. It's dark in there. You can't see where you're going. Get out of the trunk. Get in the the driver's seat and assume your power position. Right? Thanks, Dad. So, thanks, Dad. Right? <laughs> so good. So I that's one of my favorite 
texts that I get from him because most of the time I'm in the trunk when he texts me to get out of the trunk. So again, like you said, it's it's getting in, in the driver's seat and, mm-hmm. you know, leaving the fear and the doubt and our insecurities, which all exist, I think, for all of us, and putting them in the trunk or at least in the back seat, right, like you said, yeah. and just moving forward, you know, regardless of those emotions that we all feel. Definitely. Well, you two are so incredible. I have two final questions. They're questions I ask everybody because I really do believe that creativity and passion is deeply connected to the inner child. And so when you think back to your little self, whatever age you think of her as, if you two were both standing in the same room, like your little self and you now looking at each other, what do you think she would say to you and why? Oh my goodness. You're going to make me cry. Don't make me cry. So actually... I'm going to be honest. I've been this last year alone just focusing on mothering my inner child. So I'm not sure that my inner child would say anything because my ch- my inner child was told to just be quiet. So I really worked hard at feeling like I was had some value in the things that I want to say. So I think that I would be telling the, my inner child that everything's okay and that you know, you're capable, young, young child, lovable, things like that. So I don't want to make this a little too like emotional, but no, it's the most emotional thing you could ever think of. That's why I like asking it because it's something we all need to think about is like, how do we mother our little selves? Because no matter what, I mean, whether you had a really tough upbringing, like Mm -hmm. a lot of things you went through, or you had a a perfect one, there's something that your little baby self was lacking that's coming out now Mm -hmm. and can stop you from doing what you're meant to do. 100%. And so you have to learn how to take care of her mm-hmm. and to have her kind of take care of you too because she's got wisdom a lot of times that we don't have. 100%. Yes. I think my inner child for sure is a feisty, strong-willed, independent uh, spirit um, that was conditioned to kind of just, you know, quiet down and listen. I think that that inner child would say to me that I got this and to go for it. And I would just remind my inner child that she's loved and lovable. Mm, That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. And then how about you? What do you think she would say to you and why? She would say relax more, trust more, surrender, and resist less, and that perfection does not exist. And what would you say to her and why? I would say to dream as big as, as big as, you can because the opportunities for you are unlimited and that you're going to make, I'm going to cry too. That's, oh, you, you got me, you you got us on this question. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just to, to dream big and see no limitations because there really are none, you know? Well, I'm glad to be with both of you. And your inner child, children. (laughs) And thank you for having me here and for inspiring me and my listeners. I really appreciate the time and and thanks to the bikes, you know? They've been such a great audience. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and to my guests, Mimi and Latasha. For more info on Mimi, you can follow her at The Real Mimi Benz. For more info on Latasha, follow her at Latasha Lavelle. That's where you can get her creative interior design stuff. And at My Life, My Sweat, which is all about her cycling. To learn more about Sweat Cycle, check out their Instagram at 
SWT underscore cycle. On their Instagram, you can also click the link in their bio and learn more about their wellness series, Beyond the Hot Room. Also check out their website, swtcycle.com. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you enjoy the show, the best way to share that is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on Apple Podcasts and following it on Spotify. If you really like the show, tell a friend about it. And also take a screenshot of yourself listening and share it to your Instagram stories. Tag at Unleash Your Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso and I will repost it. My wish for you this week is that you stay present and in times of trouble or disappointment, always remember your why. I believe in you. Talk soon.